For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello, folks. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff C. And I'm Grace Duffy. And before we get into today's topic, we want to let you know today's show is sponsored by a new course by Michael Stelzner, Becoming Well-Known. You can find out more at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash BWK. That's socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash BWK. And we are excited today to be joined by Amanda Robinson. We're going to explore Instagram product tags and posts, new ad targeting audiences, and more. So if you don't know who Amanda is, she is the founder of The Digital Gal. She's also the founder of the four-week Facebook ads bootcamp and swift kick in the ads training. She is also a messenger chatbot expert and she's a co-author of the book, The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. Amanda, welcome to the show. Jeff, thank you. That intro was pretty awesome. Well, thank like, you. Oh, I try. God. I try. I, like I do a lot of stuff. I'm I know like, you do. Good. It's amazing. So. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a pretty cool girl to me. So. Yeah. So we're going to jump right into this. We've got some really cool uh, news by Facebook. And Grace has, as always, done an incredible job of taking it all, compressing it. And she's going to, you know, summarize it just perfectly. So go for it, Grace. No pressure, right, Jeff? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So Facebook and Instagram expanded its holiday shopping feature. So this includes things like promotional ideas. They've expanded trading. They've included support for small businesses. But we're here today to talk to Amanda about some of those ad tools. So particularly the product tag on Instagram ads. So heading into the holiday season, they rolled out a bunch of these e-commerce features. Uh, over the past year, Instagram began testing these new product tags in organic posts. And the way that they'd work is, you know, you'd have an image, you'd have your stuff in it, and then you would tag in, there'd be those little dots and you could click on it. It would give you product information and probably a link, or yes, a link to uh, where you can go get, find out more about this. Well, this week, Facebook did announce that on Instagram, advertisers will now be able to promote these organic posts with these product tags and also create ads from scratch with the product tags directly within the ads manager. So again, this gives businesses an option to use more commercial creative copy, the various ad formats that, you know, that you can see on Instagram. So Amanda, have you had a chance to try these out or check them out, especially in that early testing phase? And what can you tell us about these? So just to, to frame what's actually happening here. So up until now, people like myself who create ads predominantly within Ads Manager, which is the tool that you use to create ads on both Facebook and Instagram, not within the app, but using the actual full ad suite that Facebook has available for Facebook and Instagram. The shopping for post features have not been available through Ads Manager, which is just traditional way that we make ads. So 
it's been a bit of a limited feature, I guess you could say, that has been happening more organically on the Instagram side. It's been being tested, being rolled out, but now I hear that Facebook is announcing, Instagram is announcing that these are coming to Ads Manager so that people like myself and people like you who work on Facebook ads can easily tag products within the Ads Manager in the actual ads build. It's exciting because it's finally opening up the whole shopping experience so that we can all start working on it uh, in the traditional ways that we're more comfortable with making ads. Cool. And can you give us some insights into how they work? Like, how are they built? Are there any restrictions on the type of ad formats that you could use? I mean, what, what should we be aware of as we go, as advertisers are trying to create these type of product tag ads? So as far as I know, so far, they're only eligible in ad formats involving video, images, and carousel. So those are the those are the ad formats you're able to use these within. Gotcha. Cool. So one of the questions I had, and, I, and we talked about this just briefly before the show, and, and you can speculate all you want. <laughs> is there a limit? Because I can just see people taking a picture of, you know, in their living room and then tagging everything on it. So do you know if there's a, a limit to, like, how many tags you can have or, like... Tell us how many you think that we can have, and then what would you say would be like a best practice to have if you were making them for yourself? So to be honest, I haven't had much experience myself with tagging products. I've heard word on the street that you can tag up to about 30, although I don't really know that you'd want to be tagging 30 items. I don't know how well that serves you or your brand, but imagine if you had, if the post is relevant and if the content within it is relevant and you're highlighting everything appropriately, people are going to want to shop the items within the post. So if you overwhelm people and slam all those tags in there, it's going to overwhelm. You're not going to make sales mm. on everything. It's not a matter of catch-all. It's a matter of highlight the product as best you can and then make that product available for sales, either right within checkout, right within the app, or uh, off on your shop so that it's connected directly to your shop where people can then go and check out. So, yeah, it's not about damning as much as you can. It's about being a little more strategic about it. And the fact that it's now rolling out to the rest of us rather than just to select brands is very exciting. Well, you know me, I I always like to mess with things until I break them. So here's another question. So (laughs) I can see a lot of affiliate marketers want to do this. So let's say I'm like an Amazon retailer or an Amazon affiliate with, with this ad manager account. Can I tag Amazon products and Instagram images and turn those posts into ads or... Is that? I have not tested that myself, but I would imagine that you can't. So even myself, I sell digital products. And right. Digital products are not really eligible to be showcased in shops. So you can't. What Facebook and Instagram wants you to be selling are physical items that you own, you produce, and you are selling on your own website. So when you are submitting these items to your shop for approval, um, there's a certain criteria that they have to follow, and if then otherwise they'll be rejected. So I would imagine that Amazon blanks would be rejected because they're not on your own website. They don't belong mm-hmm. to you. And that's one of the criteria. Uh, I tried doing some sample uh, sample testing before this, and sure enough, a bunch of links are getting rejected. So for example, the social media book, because the book is not for sale on the actual social media website that we have. It's actually for sale on Amazon. So that was rejected, for example. So like, it's not going to be a very easy way to game the system and mm-hmm. try and make sales on affiliate links. I think it's it's a fairly clean-cut system. And they're trying to make it available to small business owners and, and people who actually have physical products to sell. Because these sales are taking place off on other sites such as Etsy and other, other right. places. And Facebook and Instagram wants to keep that in-house in their own shopping environment. And we're starting to see that posture with 
all the way that they're going and there's news coming up later on about all of this, but how they're making changes to the apps, how they're integrating everything and how it's it's really playing into this overarching shopping experience across all of the suite of apps. Gotcha. So I want to make this clear because Natasha over on YouTube asks, asks this. So can it be a service that need to be a physical product? And from what you're saying and what you've seen, it has to be a physical yes. product on your website. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know the policy, the commerce policies. If you go and just search Facebook commerce policies, you're going to see a whole list of what you can and can't sell. So you can't sell services. You can't sell chiropractic services or nail services, anything along those lines. You can't sell those in a Facebook or Instagram shop. So they really do want you selling a physical item that you own, you produce, and you are selling. No, I'm really glad you made that uh, specification because that is a sticking point is digital products and services. They're missing out on this right now, but they are focusing. And again, I think they rolled these out to help small businesses, right? Like that's been their focus and what they've been talking about a lot recently. And keep that in mind, like when you say digital products and digital services, that includes things like PDF downloads. So us marketers who are trying to push our lead magnets, we can't do that through Facebook shops. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have to find other ways. Purses. Yeah, purses. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought you said purses for a second. I'm like, yeah. No, I could sell purses. Market. I could sell my purses, yes, online. Yeah. Very, very yeah. easily. Jeff has this very strong Poshmark account that he doesn't want us to know about. <laughs> oh, don't even. Yes, exactly. Okay, so there is other news. So let's move on to some of these other updates. Instagram and Facebook also introduced a new custom audience. So it's this one's called Shopping Engagement Custom Audiences. And with this audience, businesses can reach people who've already shown interest in their product or brand by doing one of three things, they said. One was saving a product, right? So you could save a product in Facebook or in Instagram, viewing a shop and initiating a purchase. Now, saving a product and initiating a purchase, those seem pretty easy, but I was really confused about the whole viewing a shop. So how do the this new shopping engagement custom audience work? How does Facebook know that you're viewing a shop as opposed to just, like, you know, as you're scrolling through, right, that you're interested in it as opposed to like going to it? Or does that mean going to the shop? Yes, it means going to the shop. So it operates okay. similar to how uh, when you have your Facebook pixel on your website and somebody goes to your website, then they triggered your pixel. So therefore, Facebook knows, all right, they went to the website. And then Facebook can tell, you know, if they've added an item to cart or if they checked out and made a purchase based on how you have your pixel configured on your website. Well, imagine your Facebook or Instagram shop being similar to a website where you can now track if somebody has viewed a shop. And you can now see if someone has uh, taken those additional actions. And you can now make custom audiences based on those behaviors. And this is like mind-blowing <laughs> exciting because this really is taking an experience that you would have to replicate sometimes in a little more of a difficult way if you're not using things, plugins like Shopify or anything that already has the pixel already integrated and set up. You're trying to do that on your own by yourself. It can be a little more complex and complicated. So now that this entire experience is happening right within the Facebook and Instagram suite of apps, right in the Facebook environment without sending people off to a separate website with different varying load times and abandoning clicks, et cetera. Now it's all happening right in-house. And it's very exciting because the ability to retarget people is so powerful, especially when it comes to shopping and when people are showing purchase intent to be able to then retarget those people with same incentive offer of, oh, you like that ring? But guess what? It's now 30% off. You should really buy it this week. So that's very exciting. That's all happening. 
So we've got a question from Luke over on LinkedIn. And so can you kind of maybe break this down a little bit deeper? I, know, I think you mentioned already, but does, does it regular look like audience not do this already is what he asked. And what's the difference between that and what's rolling out right now? Okay, so there's two, two types of audiences we're talking about here. One is a custom audience. So if, we're, if somebody visits your shop, for example, then they can create a custom audience of people who visited your shop and then retarget them specifically. That's a warm audience of people who have already shown intent. Whereas a lookalike audience, that's a cold audience of people who possibly have never even seen your shop before, don't even know you exist, are unaware. A lookalike audience is asking Facebook to go take that source audience, go find people who are similar to people who viewed my shop, and go find people that look similar to this. Go find me new people. Introduce me to new people and get them on my shop, for example. So lookalike audiences are going to be a little more broad. And there are traditional... So there are lookalike audiences and custom audiences that Facebook has had forever now. But the fact that they are now rolling out these uh, custom audiences and lookalike audiences, audiences specifically for shops and behavior within Facebook and Instagram shops is very exciting. So that question along the lines of, isn't this going to be just like normal lookalike audiences? Yes, but more specifically, it's going to be a little more narrowed down. When you ask for a lookalike audience, Facebook is trying to... When I say Facebook, by the way, I mean Facebook and Instagram because all mm-hmm. of the right. advertising happens under one roof for that. So when Facebook is trying to find the lookalike audience, it's basically examining your source, your seed audience, your source audience, and trying to find, okay, what are the similarities within that audience that make the most sense for us to find more people similar to that? Well, if you're already saying, hey, stop hunting in the dark for what it could be, find me more people who are interested in shopping these products. So that's the exciting thing. Gotcha. So how can users control what they see for like, for like, especially for advertisers, which users you're targeting? For example, let's say like I'm shopping for, on Poshmark for my daughter for Christmas, you know, but I don't want to see, you know, ads for, you know, XYZ products or shops. I mean, is there a way to advertisers? I mean, wouldn't that be if you're trying to target me, that would be like, that wouldn't be your audience that you want because like after Christmas, I'm done. <laughs> so your question is? Sorry. like So like, I'm guessing I'm trying to figure out how they figure out you know, what you've been looking at shopping wise, you know, to pull this information, you know, like, cause sometimes it's not, you're just doing it for a, a short, a short amount of time. You're not, I'm not really like, if I'm buying a Jeep, like when I went and bought my Jeep, I looked everywhere and I got ads all the time for Jeeps after I bought it. And I'm like, quit sending me stuff about Jeep. I'm tired of it. Is there a way for advertisers to like measure this and measure people's intent or like how much, you know, that, that's my question, I guess, because I can see it like, especially after the holidays, everybody's on Instagram, you know, they're looking stuff. I'm looking for my wife. There's some things I don't want to see that I was, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, how do advertisers deal with that? So you can exclude people from your audiences. You can make it, you can target a certain group of people. So maybe you're using your lookalike audience, but you want to exclude past purchasers from that Mm. list. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way around it. You can shorten the time limit. Say you're retargeting people who visited your shop or retargeting someone who visited your website. You can limit that to say, okay, only retarget them for make an audience of people who have visited within seven days and okay. use that. So you can really manipulate and control who you're reaching through just being a little bit more strategic about how you're using your audiences and how you're layering your audiences to exclude people. But I would also caution advertisers right now, not to get too, not to get too granular. Um, don't try to be a ninja to reach just the exact type of audience you're trying to reach. That can drive your ad costs up. Keep it more broad to start and then refine and refine and refine and work it in if you find that you need to increase your results. Awesome. That's great. Great advice. 
That's a good tip. Well, and also part of this update was the shopping lookalike audiences, which we already discussed, and it's the people that are primed to buy. So as advertisers are using these audiences and these lookalike audiences, what uh, recommendations do you have on perhaps a retargeting? Like you mentioned the seven days, you know, is there anything for messaging or anything else that they should be doing so that they're presumably reaching a group of people that are primed to buy and not necessarily strolling by? I definitely recommend having a strategy with your budget that isn't just chucking a whole bunch of money at a cold audience. So Facebook is giving you these tools. They're creating these tools for you. They're giving you access to these audiences that have not previously been available. So be strategic about using them. Don't just test them out and use them to to say, oh, I'm just going to throw this audience in there, that audience in there. Don't blend your cold and warm audiences. Keep them separate. Make a strategy. Look at yourself and look at how much budget you have to work with. And then decide, okay, of that budget, how much of that, what percentage of that budget on a monthly spend do I want to put to reaching new people? And what percentage of that budget do I want to put to retargeting people who are already familiar with me and who have already given me some type of purchase intent? And usually when you're first starting out, those the balance of those dollars are going to be much heavier on reaching cold audiences and much smaller on retargeting. Because what happens is when you're retargeting, if you have a small volume of people who have visited your shop or your website, for example and you're putting a huge amount of budget toward them, you're going to be hitting them over and over and over with the same ads. So you're, you're going to be reaching a small number of people with an increased number of impressions. That means your frequency, how frequently people are seeing those ads, your frequency is going to start to climb. And once your frequency starts to climb about three, four, and starts getting to five times per person that you're serving these ads to, people are going to start clicking on hide ads and hide all ads. Mm. And that's not good for you. It's not good for the algorithm, for, for you, for getting your ad costs lower, for getting your, your content to reach. So you don't want, well, that's, that's the worst thing that you could have happen. So you want to be sensitive to that, pay attention to that. And you also want to treat your warmer audiences, people who have already taken these actions on your page, on your shop. You want to treat them like gold because these are the people that you can continue working through your system until they eventually do purchase or until they eventually move on. But you have, these are your most valuable audience. So take very good care not to oversaturate them too much budget. So pay attention to your reports, pay attention to your numbers, and just be a little bit strategic about how you're splitting up that budget. You need to keep feeding those warm audiences. You need to keep getting new people exposed to your content. So enough budget has to go into using those lookalike audiences, using saved audiences with Facebook's behavior and interest uh, targeting. So feed your system with cold audiences and new people with a good amount of budget to keep new eyeballs seeing your content. And then just be very sensitive to how much you're retargeting the people who have already experienced and already, already engaged with your content. So I wanted to ask a follow-up question because we talked at the beginning and you were really excited that this shopping lookalike audience is, is rolling out. So I know as marketers, it's another thing to play with. I mean, you know, but for your clients, what are you like most excited about this shopping lookalike audience that's rolling out? What am I most excited about about the shopping audience? Experimenting with it and seeing what the ad costs look like, to be honest. Okay. Because every time, every time Facebook rolls out a new feature, it's generally, I mean, there's no written rule about this, but it's generally very favored with ad costs. And then over time, it'll kind of settle into the rank of being a more costly objective or a more costly audience um, or being a more cost-efficient audience or objective. So when it first rolls out, it's a new bell and whistle, and I recommend testing it and trying it, seeing how that compares against your other ad costs. But again, I can't reinforce enough. Just have a strategy behind it. Don't just throw money at the wall and see what sticks. Have a strategy. Awesome. Awesome. All right. More stuff from Facebook. It's this new uh, API with support from Instagram. So talk about this, Grace, a little bit. 
Well, I was really excited to talk about this. Amanda's excited as well. Yeah. Amanda, because I got her newsletter from the Digital Gal about this. I was like, oh, we need to have her on to talk about this. So here's the news. Following a bunch of recent updates about uh, how Facebook Messenger and Instagram director cro- uh, integrating their cross-app communication. And then they also rolled out uh, a bunch of new features in which, you know, there's a lot of messaging features that went over to Instagram. Uh, Facebook this past week announced that the Messenger API has been, I guess this has been re-released with support for Instagram messaging. What this means is that businesses and developers will be able to integrate messaging from Instagram with other business applications and tools and be able to manage their presence across Instagram. So from what we know right now that it is a closed beta, there are a limited number of businesses and partners testing it. A lot of high-profile fashion brands, brands, but I do know that one of the updates is that it will be able to support automated responses on Instagram for the first time, which we all know is chatbots. And <laughs> as someone who works with many chats, I believe Amanda has some, probably some deep insight about this that we do not have, right? So can you tell us about this update and what you know about it and what you're excited about? Okay, so I'm just every every word that you're saying, I'm sitting over here going, yes, this is happening. Ah! Okay, so what's let me explain just overall what's going on here. Yes, I mean, in short, you can say, okay, chatbots are coming to Instagram. Yes. Okay, slow down, slow down. They're not here yet. So basically, what's happened is Facebook has now opened up Instagram's chat API to um, developers. So they're basically opening up the door to say, okay, developers, you can come in and you can start playing around with this and start seeing how you can build chatbots on the system. So it's, I guarantee it's going to be a little while before we start seeing this roll out consumer-facing or business, for businesses like us to actually dive in and start using these things. But to phrase this, Instagram's rules and uh, policies have been a lot tighter than most of the other platforms. So when it comes to chatbots or Messenger or any type of automation, that happens in the back end, Instagram shuts it down pretty quick. There have been so many apps that have come and gone because they've tried to automate things on Instagram and they'll sell it to users and users are buying the service. And over time, Instagram gets watched and they just shut it down. They just pull the plug on it because it's violating um, Instagram's terms. So now what's happened is now when we have cross-platform messaging, so Facebook Messenger and Instagram are now, the apps are now merging essentially. They're not actually merging. They're still two standalone ups, but now they can talk to each other. So there's a lot of infrastructure that has to go in behind that. And now the policies behind what you can do on Facebook Messenger and what you can do on Instagram messaging, uh, the policies have had to be rewritten. And so this is a great opportunity to now say, okay, we've been running messenger marketing chatbots on Facebook's platform for a long time. There have been many, many many evolutions of the rules that come into play to protect users, protect it from marketers turning it into a spam suit. <laughs> so over time, it's been great. I mean, it's gotten to a point where we've been able to find the business use cases for it. Marketers are figuring it out. Consumers are starting to understand it and not have their backup over chatbots. Uh, so that's been happening on Facebook. Now to sort of see this rolling over into Instagram is it's thrilling. It's so exciting because when you have, um, even in the ads network, for example, you have ads that you're running on both Facebook and Instagram. You're running ads for messenger marketing chatbots that are running on the ads are running on both platforms. You have people who are in the Instagram environment. They click on these ads and then they get booted out and brought over into 
Facebook Messenger. And that can be a very abrupt experience. And it's something that can cause a lot of drop off and cause the ad cost to rise, for example. So it's been fun over on Facebook. It's been fun watching the evolution of Bestmere Marketing Chatbots and how beneficial they have been to businesses, especially in e-commerce. Um, and it's been disappointing that we can't bring the same type of experience over into in- Instagram, especially considering how Instagram seems to be the hub of where all the shopping activity has been growing. We've got all sorts of people excited about Chatbots. So yeah, yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so as we're researching this topic, because again, you are our expert on on this update and on chatbots. We are not the experts. So I did a lot of research. I was looking at TechCrunch, and it said that this update means that businesses will be able to integrate their uh, workflows that they're already using in-house to manage both Facebook their Facebook conversations and their Instagram messaging. Can you walk us through what these workflows are? Because I also noticed they use this word in what Facebook's announcement as well. Does this mean uh, the ability to work across an agency or across a team to manage your Instagram messaging? Or is that something completely different that they're talking about? I'm not 100% sure on that side of things. But I know from, from my perspective, when we're working on when I'm working with ManyChat and building messenger marketing chatbots through that, we have, I don't call it workflows, but you have flows. Mm-hmm. So a flow, a chat, it's basically a chat conversation flow okay. from start to finish on how that conversation is rolling out. And so to be able to, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm interpreting this properly from the articles, but the way I'm kind of understanding that is that the way you've been building and working out those conversations and flows is going to be transferable over into oh. how it's going to act on oh. Instagram so that you aren't going to have to rebuild all of your chatbots from the ground up just to use it on a separate system on Instagram. Not sure if I'm interpreting that properly, but that's... That makes, yeah, very, very Okay, cool. that, make, that makes a lot of sense because it is a workflow, right? Okay, yeah. all right. I was thinking like, age. I was thinking about like an agency versus a big team versus mm. doing this individually, but like, no, that makes total sense. That's great. Well, you don't have to rebuild or redo those efforts. Well, it's interesting because like right now, if you want to share out a, a flow, share a conversation flow from one chatbot to another, you have to export it in a certain way. You have to create a template essentially and then share it among accounts and then that person can import it into their account and just rewire it. There's a lot of, so the thing, messenger marketing chatbots, I am, I use the analogy of like plumbing. It's a lot of plumbing and wiring. So you have all these different pieces and it can do so many cool things, but you have to connect all of the pieces together and connect it, the wiring so that it's live, so that it has, so it talks to all the right tags, so that it, it collects all the data and information properly, sends the data to the right place. So when you take these workflows and you try and move them to another account or another place, you have to like cut the wiring. You have to snip uh-huh. it out and you have to take that piece and you have to go dump it into a new account and it has to get reconnected and rewired to the appropriate tags and appropriate places that the data has to point to with all the appropriate permissions that it may be different in the account it gets moved to. So there's a lot. There's a, the idea of this just, the idea of chatbots just coming to Instagram, this is no easy feat. I mean, that's no. why to be able to open this up to the developers, I mean, the developers at ManyChat must feel like it's Christmas right now. They must be right. jumping for joy to finally get access to this <laughs> to see what's in the back, to see what's in the back end so that they can start. Right. Start figuring out how that wiring is all going to talk to each other to have those workflows be able to move seamlessly between a Facebook environment and an Instagram environment. And does this all operate from your same account? So can I just click a button and go, all right, I've got my Facebook flows now working on Instagram. Right. Awesome. And thank goodness there's tools to do that because like I did the wiring and plugging in my house and every time I flush the <laughs> toilet, the lights go off. So it's it's great that we have 
good tools that work. So uh, TechCrunch also had another benefit to this update. It said uh, marketers will be able to integrate the API with their product and customer database to provide the same experience like we talked about Instagram as they do today on Messenger. So do you know have any insights on how businesses are doing this today? Like, uh, for example, a business with a CRM system integration would view the customer loyalty information and take that into account when they respond. Are, are there tools that already do this? Or is this like, you know, how is this working with uh, with like real life businesses, I guess? I might have to untangle this one a little bit more. Okay. So this is this is talking about messenger marketing chatbots connecting with CRM systems. Right. Like they, they can integrate their API with their product and their customer database. So, you know, are they going to be able to do the same thing? It's like they can do that today on Messenger because there are those API connections on Messenger. There are some, but it's it's very broken. I mean, a lot of us are oh. using different apps such as Zapier to push data okay. into our CRMs. So the idea that this might actually be opening up to more CRM type systems to have the data more seamlessly talk back and forth. Basically how it works, what I see on my end is that I have my own database of information and behaviors and tags and everything that happens within many chat, within my chatbot. I can see the customer information. I can see purchase information, conversions, et cetera, all happening over there, but it doesn't necessarily talk to my CRM system or talk to other areas of data. So I have to use things like Zapier. It's like a Band-Aid patch or when we're talking about wiring, it's like an extra little wiring connection to make that information skip a barrier and get properly accounted for in different places. So it, it has been a little bit clunky. And to the idea that this is now the potential of it becoming a little more seamless among systems and having all the systems talk the same language and, and yeah. organize your customer data is very exciting. That is awesome. The, the thing that I would be cautious of is I would like to do a test once because I don't want to jack up my data. Like if I have a CRM system and now I can plug in an API I would want to test it a little bit first before, because, you know, we've all been there. I'm raising my hand is when I've tied into some something and all of a sudden I had like 30 duplicate entries or even more than that than you had to deal with. So I would use it with cautions that rolls out and try, you know, test it a little bit. So anyway, data is hard to undo. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. So as we mentioned at the top of this segment, Facebook is rolling out this new messenger API to a, as, as a closed beta to a limited number of businesses and partners. A lot of them are high profile international brands like Adidas, Glossier, H&M, Michael Kors, Sephora, of course, they seem to use Sephora for all of their testing, <laughs> lucky Sephora. So is there a way to say you want access to it and get access to it sooner than you know the next level? Like, do you know if there's a way to get access to this earlier? Yeah, you're super no. secret. Come like, on. No, but if anybody does have an in, can you let me know? Uh, <laughs> no, I... Honestly, I feel like it'll be quite some time before we start seeing this available to business owners. I know there's the headlines that are rolling around right now that, you know, messenger marketing chatbots are coming to Instagram has all of us marketers getting really excited. But the reality is it's like opening up a brand new construction site and say, okay, we can break ground over here, but it's going to be a year before we actually have a building anybody can use, right? Or that's right. safety controls that's safe enough for all of us to get in and start using. So it's going to be some time, I would assume, any recommendations I have are that there are lots of different communities. If you're involved in messenger marketing chatbots at all, there's different Facebook groups and communities. There are also different tools where you can get involved in beta testing. So just start putting yourself out there and start seeking the information. Instead of waiting for the information to come to you, just be curious and start seeking the information. But in all honesty, I think it's going to be a little while before we finally see this functionality fitting. I highly doubt we're going to see anything before Christmas. That would be mm. just crazy. So I wouldn't, 
put too much weight in this as part of your marketing plans for early 2021. Gotcha. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Some more Instagram news. Uh, Instagram expands monetization from IGTV content. So, you know, IGTV, if you haven't forgot about it, it's still around. But uh, Instagram is expanding access to two ways creators can monetize Instagram Live and IGTV content. And both of these were announced in May. Badges in live and IGTV ads. So Instagram now allows more than 50,000 influencers worldwide to sell badges during live streams. So I don't know if you've seen that or not, but now you can do that during live streams. And it's a way for fans to make themselves visible during a live stream, kind of like YouTube has the the chat in there. And creators can give badge holders a on-air shout outs or other special treatment to kind of let them know that they're loved. And it's really interesting that Instagram will temporarily match what creators make from badge sales up to $5,000 per account as it as this kind of rolls out a little bit wider. So, But the main thing we want to focus on is this IGTV ads. So Instagram is also expanding the ability to run commercials on IGTV. So creators can earn up to a 55% share of the ad revenue generated for longer videos. And the goal, of course, is to encourage creators to generate more IGTV content. However, this is just a test and only limited to a few hundred U.S.-based accounts right now. So just a test and limited to a few hundred uh, U.S.-based accounts for now. So this is, you know, they're, they're trying to go after YouTube and Twitch and all these other platforms. And because most of the time, Instagram influencers have, have had to rely on brand deals or, you know, traffic and all that kind of stuff to monetize their following. So this is really, really interesting to me. So what are your thoughts on this, Amanda? I mean, do you know what we're going to need if we're lucky enough to in this group? What do we need to be get started to run these IGTV ads? Don't. Don't do it? <laughs> no. Oh, no. man. No. Next no. segment. All right. So this is new, right? This is new and it's going to be limited to people. It's not going to be available to the general public anytime soon to be doing this. But what, what I can relate it to is things like in-stream videos that we've seen on Facebook. So if you have a, a really interesting Facebook video that's getting a really high percentage of watch time, higher than average, then that video might be eligible for ad breaks within it. And so when you're running ads on the network, you can choose to, you can choose in-stream placement and that right. allows you to have your video ad potentially shown inside someone else's video. So it's a very interruptive experience. And what I have noticed with clients is that when running certain ads and using just automatic placements, letting Facebook pick and choose where it's going to put these videos, I'm noticing that when I go in and I see that, oh, one of the videos that we've been running is getting 80% results rate or 80% results compared to other videos, you're thinking, oh, wow, that video is performing really well. As soon as I see that, I know it's a flag. I'm like, I know that that means that ad has been running rampant on the in-stream videos placement. It's just, I know it because mm. there's no way that people are actually watching that much completion compared to why is it such an anomaly compared to other videos. So I'm finding that it's, they're forced watches. So it's wow. forced results and it's not giving the best results possible and playing into the, the strategies that a lot of clients and a lot of people are using where you're using video videos with a video view objective at the top of your funnel to capture attention and then remarketing to people with additional, more hyper-focused targeting um, and content. So that's a really interesting strategy. It's usually a more cost-effective strategy. Well, these, these interrupted in-stream video play placements are really messing with that strategy. So when we're talking about IGTV and ad breaks, I really see this as just another way to try and keep creators happy and keep creators wanting to produce content where they can try and monetize it. 
Um, and, and so if a creator themselves is creating some really awesome content, they have a loyal following, they know people are going to watch it anyway. They know people are going to watch through those ad breaks no matter what. And the creators are able to make some money off of that. That's a good relationship. That's probably a more appropriate place for these ads to be shown in an ad break format versus just in the general in the wild of Facebook ads elsewhere. So, you know, you've been able to go and look at these with your clients. So how much control do you have over it? So let's say for some reason I have Coke as a client. Oh, my wish. But I had Coke. And so how do I keep Pepsi from going in there and putting ads in my ad breaks if I wanted to monetize it? You don't. Okay. You don't. But I mean, so mm. just to clarify, I don't have access to the IGTV ads in ad breaks. Okay. This is just, you know, all my experience is related to the Facebook uh, right. Facebook ads never been yeah. So, but when it comes to uh, limiting placements, I mean there are, there have been tools in place where you can increase the controls so that your ads aren't showing alongside uh, more inappropriate content. Right. So if you're promoting your church services, they aren't going to be showing alongside something that's highly conflictive. Yeah, but outside of that, you don't have a ton of control. But Facebook and Instagram, they put a lot of work in their own back end. There's a lot that we don't see that makes it a gotcha. relevant environment because they want their advertisers to have success too. Right? Gotcha. They want to be spending the ad dollars, getting results, coming back and spending even more without seeking ad placements elsewhere. Gotcha. No, that's a good point. And, you know, we do rely on you for your knowledge of how these, because these in-break ads, I, I'm annoyed by them. I don't like them. So. <laughs> right. I'm like, ah. Yeah. So, but I, um, I can see if you're a creator. And so for me, I geek out so much on uh, different technology. So for example, like I just bought the uh, DJI Osmo Pocket. So if I was a creator and I was producing content and doing a video segment, and then I had an interruptive ad, an ad break that was talking all about the Osmo Pocket, I'd be like, yeah, this is, you guys are going to love this. Check this out. So I can see how the content is relevant and, and it's serving the audience that it's being presented to. It makes sense. But when it's just a cash grab for ad attention and just to put this in perspective, ad inventory is limited. Okay, mm -hmm. so ad inventory is, you, you can't just create new inventory out of nothing, although that's exactly what Facebook keeps doing. <laughs> they keep create, creating new products and new areas where ads can show up. But not all of those ad placements are as effective as another one, and it's becoming more competitive. And then we also see, because of the global changes, we have a lot of businesses, the, the entire ads network has had this accordion influx in an expansion. So at the beginning, a lot of advertisers abandoned their advertising, put a stop to their marketing, mm -hmm. and ad inventory just had a little bit of like, whoa, the, the system got a little weird. And then now we see a bunch of businesses that now need to access advertising through online methods where they used to be in a more traditional environment. They're now showing up to the table and saying, okay, I need to do Facebook ads. So they're flooding the ad network. And then we have elections that are happening. Right. So then you have additional ad inventory that's being taken up for different purposes. And now we're about to get into the holiday season. Yikes. You're going to have Black Friday. You're going to have holiday shopping. The inventory that's available is not wide open. It's hard right. to compete now in the auction. It's hard to get your ads shown. So to have additional placements, every time they open up a new placement that's available, it's interesting to see how it's going to form. However, with all that said, all that cool, you know, stuff said, I really feel like this IGTV part is more about working a relationship with the creators and right. giving them an opportunity to monetize and less about us advertisers trying to make money. Gotcha. Right. Well, and the 55% ad revenue share is, is quite attractive to creators. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Okay. Last story in this, this, uh, it's another Instagram story, but it, we found out this week that they are now enabling businesses and creators to send 
set age gates for individual branded posts. So Instagram added this extra layer of protection after much controversy, I think, overseas that um, that will hopefully these protections will hopefully protect brands and users by allowing businesses to set a minimum age uh, requirement for branded content within the feed. So although Instagram creators can now already and account owners, excuse me, can already uh, have that option to set a minimum age requirement to have access to their account, this new audience safety tool, as it's called, lets them establish a default minimum age at a, a post level. So this, of course, would involve things like alcohol or health products or mm-hmm. over-the-counter pro- uh, medicines or financial advice, things that are subject to particular laws in specific regions of the world, or if there are laws that, that is different all over the world, right? So this is a, a, a definitely a helpful update for brands looking to promote their stuff, um, their, their products, um, in a safe way, right? So the report said that this update says that account owners can set the minimum age, but um, how granular can you set these restrictions? Like, so can you set them by state or region or is it is it wider? Do you know? I, I don't think you're able to set it by age or region. I mean, if you're, and again, I kind of default to ads every time I talk about this stuff. Right. Of course. On the, yeah. on the ad side of things, if you wanted to break it up by different... So I work with uh, wineries, for example, and wineries, it's alcohol. And certain um, certain countries or certain states have different age limits. And in order to run those different age limits, we'd actually have to break out separate ad sets and treat them each separately for setting a different age limit. But in this case, this is, in, this is talking more about branded content. So when you have branded content, that's when you're tagging another business and saying, this is branded content related to that brand and this is allowing age limits to be set on that branded content so it it doesn't look at this point that you can get very granular at all but it's just allowing that that branded content has a limit to it so what what is the penalty for not adding like this restriction to your branded post so for example you know aviator gin and ryan reynolds super popular great spokesman he's a genius i know a lot of like even my kids you know watch his stuff and it's alcohol based because it's funny and it's it's Ryan Reynolds. So how is he going to I mean, like what happens if, you know, his stuff goes to people, you know, I mean, is he going to have to mark now all aviator gin is 21 plus on on those accounts? And like, you know, I, I'm just wondering what happens to your account if, if you let something slip by, I guess. Any idea? And this is because this is so brand new as far as right. restrictions on this. You don't even you don't even know how to comment on that one. Yeah, it's, so it'd be like say. I, I was just wondering if like they're going to say stop or we'll say stop again, or is it going to be like we're banning your account, kind of a thing? You know, what is your experience on ads? Like, do you go in a timeout for a while and then they let you back in? Just, so as far as ads are concerned, you just get restricted. You, you get ads rejected. So okay. you, your ads have to meet a certain criteria, and I can keep using this the the alcohol example. Um, so I know in Canada, for example, where I'm sitting, the legal age is 19 in most provinces, but the legal age is 18 in Quebec. But Facebook still has their policies, their ad policies, and they say that the policy is the legal age in the area of the region that you're serving to, but they have a set of rules that say, oh, but in Canada, it's 19 no matter what. So okay. even though in Quebec it could be targeting 18-year-olds with an alcohol ad, you actually can't because there's a secondary rule that says in Canada it has to be 19. So there's there's lots of little intricate rules, and you really have to get familiar with with um, Facebook's policies. And mm. so you just have to navigate it carefully. But if you break the rule, Facebook is usually the first just to say we rejected the ad. 
But if you keep breaking the rule over and over, then they can suspend your ad account. And if your ad account is suspended, that also means all those beautiful audiences that you've been Just building up, all of the data that you've been collecting, you don't have access to anymore. And that's not good either. So you really have to play by the rules. And if you are in a business where you're dealing with any type of content that could be restrictive or could be borderline, follow those rules very closely. Especially right now, Facebook's network has been extremely volatile with ad account shutdowns, business yeah. manager shutdowns. I personally had my personal Facebook account shut down yesterday. Oh, that's, that's what nice. I woke up to. So I know even just trying to message and connect on for this, I was completely off the radar oh, for, for a little while. I'm back in now, which is good. But the system is sensitive. And yeah. yeah, and following, being very familiar with the rules related to the product that you're dealing with is going to be helpful. And I think that's why tools and systems like this that they're implementing, where branded content can now have age minimums, brilliant. It's, it's needed. I mean, I think this yeah. is really good. Awesome. Well, that's why we have Amanda on the show because of her genius and knowing all about this stuff. So, uh, Amanda, we want to know before we go, where is the best place to find all things Amanda Robinson? Best place to find all things Amanda Robinson and The Digital Gal is Facebook, I'd say, is the first place, facebook.com slash The Digital Gal or online on the web, thedigitalgal.com. And if you want to learn how to do your own Facebook ads, I have programs called Swift Kicking the Ads. And I'll let you go and discover that yourself. And don't forget about Amanda and a bunch of other people that you know. Uh, it's a new book that you can find at socialmediabook.shop. What's the title of that again, Amanda? It's The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. Just not a guide. It's the ultimate guide. So make sure you go to socialmediabook.shop and check that out. And thank you guys so much. Before we go, I want to make sure that you guys, if, if you have a message that needs to be heard by more people, and you want to think like, what could you achieve if you were like more well-known in your industry? And if you need a plan, well, Michael Stelsner, the founder of Social Media Examiner, he can help. He's advised dozens of uh, industry pros like Amy Porterfield, Mari Smith, Pat Flynn. And today is the last day to enroll into his course, Becoming Well-Known. You can enroll by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash BWK. That's socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash BWK. Remember, this is the last day to get in this. You want to get in this. It's got some great stuff in there. So go check it out. And as always, we thank you guys for listening and watching us. We are a podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify with new episodes publishing every Saturday. And our next show is on Friday, October 30th at 10 a.m. and uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And you can always find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And wherever you are, you can find out what we'll be talking about on our weekly show calendar. You can find it at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. See you guys at our next show. Yes, thank you to our live audience here for joining us. Thank you to our podcast audience for tuning in. And thank you, Amanda Robinson, for joining us today. It was been it has been a pleasure and I've learned so much about ads and all this new stuff. It is it is uh, it was really great to navigate all of this stuff with you. Thank you so much. See you guys next time. Bye now. Bye, everyone. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.